0: What's up, everyone? Welcome. I'm Coach Share Joy, and I have an amazing, amazing live for you guys today. So we are going to be talking all about what you have not been taught about gluten, gluten intolerance, and all the reasons why it seemed like it, over the past decade, everyone started reacting to gluten. It was just like kind of freaky how it was just this massive shift, right? But first, before we get into that, I wanted to let you guys know that this is the last time that I'm going to be doing a free educational live like this on um, Instagram because I am dropping a new thyroid community called the Butterfly Gang. And I'm so freaking excited. It's going to be amazing. So I'm going to be housing all of my guest speakers, all of my live podcasts, and any future incredible videos um, such as this in my community. And if you are on my email list, you will be notified and be provided the link when the community opens. So. If you are not on my email list, you need to be. So you can join by going to my website, CoachShareJoy.com, and when the email pop up is right in front of your face, obviously that's where you enter your information so that you can be included on all of the incredible information and programs that I'm going to be dropping really, really soon. So without further ado, let's bring on Jessica at JMS Wellness for today's incredible
1: live hey here
0: she comes hello hello beautiful
1: how are you Good. i honestly i apologize in advance <laughs> my staff at work and i have been just like talking in like an english accent for no reason for the last like few months it's oh hilarious God. so every time I say hello now I'm like hello <laughs> it's just hilarious so it's like oh my gosh. It's you know funny.
0: What? that's super cute it actually reminds me of the little worm that crawls out of the wall um <laughs> oh. in, that, in the labyrinth
1: Wait. oh I was thinking like the a corpse bride when this like worm pops out of the corpse's bride's head and he's like hello and he just like, gives her wife advice. I don't
0: yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, same thing, dude. That's a David Bowie. That's an old school David Bowie movie that I haven't seen in so long. But he goes, "Hello, hello, mate." That's so cute. So I hi. It's, it's so good to see
1: hilarious. you. You too. I'm so excited. So excited because we get to talk about history, and I love history.
0: I do too. And you know, <laughs> just like I was saying on my live, I'm like, I remember the shift when we went from like no gluten intolerance to like, boom, it just swept the nation. Like all of a sudden it was just like, everyone's gluten intolerant. And I don't know if you remember this, but it was, everyone was made fun of at first. And it was just like, okay, we'll get into all of that. Let's start with your intro. I want everyone to know who you are (laughs) and why I love you. And you're one of my bestest, most favorite people on the planet.
1: Um, okay. Well, um, I guess my name is Jessica. I am obsessed with literally minerals and anything that are related, which this whole conversation kind of dives a little bit into the surface of that, but it is all kind of related, but, um, yeah, I just like nerding out. My mom had stage four cancer that she survived. And so, I started studying the health food industry when I was like 15. So a lot of this is like the history of the food industry and like what has happened over the years and so on and so forth. So I've been doing this for quite a while, (laughs) so to speak. Um, Yeah, so I'm super pumped because I love talking about history. I feel like it's one thing that a lot of us don't read enough about and therefore end up making the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah. So here we are breaking the pattern. So, um, I guess, um, my, I'm really excited because I feel like I'm not specifically talking about gluten necessarily today, but also just like wheat as a whole. And I don't believe that gluten sensitivity is real. And I'm going to tell you why. Yes. (laughs) Super excited. Which is kind of funny because I remember when we were having this conversation and you're just like, wait, you don't think gluten's a problem? And I started talking about it and you're like, what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Who says this? So yep. I'm excited to just kind of share about like things that I have learned so that I can help you guys, um, you know, Understand. blame the real problem. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um I I'm so glad you're doing a history and um, I that, cause I'm with you on like, we have to understand where things come from in the history of how we got to where we are. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I've done too with like, well, where did thyroid, where did thyroid issues come from? Where did these infections come from and all these things? So I am like super pumped. So are we going to start with processing uh procedure, bromine (laughs) where do you
1: want to start um I guess you should just start with like wheat as a whole like in general and how I guess like the traditional methods of creating and harvesting and so on and so forth and also where bromide fits into this um so without further ado here we go (laughs) um so brom okay so traditionally, all throughout history, we have had a very long process when it comes to harvesting and growing and all that stuff when it comes to wheat. So humans haven't always eaten it. But whenever we did, it was it was And even any traditional place that you go to any tribe that you talk to, who still eat wheat. It's still like it is not uncommon. We have been eating it for quite a few, probably like a few thousand years. So it's not like we haven't been eating it, but the traditional ways of cooking grains in any culture is a very long process. <laughs> like, cause you have so many steps involved in the like harvesting growing all of that stuff I don't know I don't remember how hard it is to grow wheat I don't think it's too hard but I think there's also a lot of issues with um you know it's kind of I feel like it's kind of like a like a you know it's not the easiest to grow but it's also kind of like a picky crop so to speak like you can't have it too wet or too dry because it can ruin the whole thing I don't even know that's like beside the point but I just know that the whole process is a very lengthy one, and there's many steps involved with eating any kind of grain, not just wheat, but we're specifically talking about gluten. So a lot of people actually don't even know what gluten is, which is hilarious. Do you know what it is? Please tell me you know what it is.
0: <laughs> well, I like that it has the word glue in it because that gives you a uh, like visual um, of what, like, it's the substance that holds it together, like, in the cooking process, but it's, I believe it's proteins, if I'm correct. Am I not? Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: And you would not be, you'd be amazed how many people don't know that. Gluten is a protein in wheat that makes it elasticity and has that gluey, like, texture. Yes. (laughs) So, thank goodness you know that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going to steal your coach card until you learn that. <laughs> like, You're, good. You're safe there. You've got this. <laughs> okay. So um, basically, so the whole process is very long, very lengthy. It always has been. Even in like back like hundreds of years ago, a lot of the rich people would – really use, they would really be the only ones that would use white flour because it was such a process to make. And it was very expensive because of all the aging that had to go into it and so on and so forth. Flour typically has this like off white color. It's not truly white like we know it today. So that was part of an aging process that would take that down. So they started adding all kinds of stuff to it to make it white. They used to add iodine to it, which was a dough conditioner that would help keep, like, it would help hold the, the shape and so on and so forth of the flour once it's already made. So that, like, it was, it's just easier to, like, it wouldn't go flat, basically. It would help with the gluten proteins and so on and so forth. But they started to get worried about having too much iodine, so they started using bromide instead. Bromide, if you're familiar with the halogen minerals any halogen mineral, iodine is one of them. We need iodine for our thyroid. So halogen minerals, which is what bromine is, will also affect the other halogen minerals in your body. So for those who don't know what a halogen is, there's like chlorine, bromine, iodine. Um, I think I said fluoride, fluoride, bromide, iodine. There's like four or five. Um, but they all affect the iodine in your body, so they started adding bromine as our bromine as an, a dish a food additive to help keep this dough conditioner instead of using iodine essentially. They also started adding bleach to help make it more white because people liked the white texture and it also made it a lot cheaper and it also cut down a lot on the whole process of creating flour like white flour which was really like not it wasn't the most available for everybody like it was it basically took flour from a high class item to item that anybody can use no matter if they're rich or poor it cheapened it and shortened the process of the aging that they used to make
0: if you listen to the history of every product that has become toxic to us there's always that exact same thread of like, Mm -hmm. oh, they started switching to the cheaper ingredients and then everyone, you know, started reacting. It's like, you know, the like cane sugar or whatever they used to use like before high fructose corn syrup was like a thing,
1: you know, Mm -hmm. and then like, Mm -hmm.
0: look at how many people react to like generic medications instead of like regular name brands, you know, it's just always an issue. So it's like, mm-hmm. so in my head, when you said that, they changed those two ingredients. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> like,
1: well, especially if you realize how halogen minerals will always just, dis, dis- they'll, they'll compete with each other, right? So when you have too much fluoride, it affects the iodine that you have on your receptor sites in your body, which is your thyroid. So your body, if you're in an iodine deficient state, will start using bromide in replacement of iodine, which will not have the same effect. As iodine will for your thyroid function, so you might be able to function, but you're not gonna function optimally because you're not your body's not using iodine it's using bromide or what something or fluoride or something else. so the more of that you eat, the less the less iodine you're gonna you're gonna push that stuff out of your body so in order to replace that and fix that, you have to have more iodine to push out the bromide and the fluoride and the other things of course, within reason, you don't wanna just kind of like do this on your own because they can cause detox effects as well and you always start slow, but still. Um, but that's why they started adding bromide was they started to get really afraid that they were getting too much iodine. So they switched to bromide and it helps keep the flour conditioned and also the bleach that they added, which is not technically the same as the bleach you'd use for your for your laundry but the chemical structure is pretty much the same so it's kind of the same and it keeps the the flower white without it actually being white so you're adding this bleach and this bromide to your flower um but yeah so so
0: before you move forward i want to just clarify Mm -hmm. something you just said um so she just said you don't want to start taking iodine because it can What did you just say? You said it can.
1: Well, you can have detox reactions if you're not used to it. So, and you can also cause some damage to yourself. You don't want to like go too fast with iodine because a lot of times it can overstimulate your thyroid as well. So it's better to work with someone that kind of has a general idea. And if you do start doing it on your own, don't do what I did and do like, here's 50 milligrams, (laughs) boom, (laughs) like right off the bat. I just like to do that stuff and I always pay the price. So don't do that. Um, Always start slow and work your way up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I really wanted you to like point that out because I just had a lady message me yesterday and say, I just started taking iodine. And I was like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Iodine is great
1: in small amounts.
0: Thank you. It's great in small amounts. And so that's what I wanted to say. But for anyone that's hearing this and they're like, Oh, we need iodine. um, I suggest like a, like a safe way to do it. So you don't put yourself into the detox and what Jess just said is start with food iodine, like sea based iodines, like the Mm -hmm. sea moss, the kelp, the dulse flakes that's safer. Yes.
1: It's not only safer, it's more food based and, um food base has molecular iodine, which is different than something you of course you get in a supplement, like anything. Anything from a food is going to be superior to anything you get in a supplement because you're getting it in its true form that your body can recognize and use appropriately so dull flakes and other things, as long as they're grown in a good, safe area away from radiation, it should be fine to use like kelp and so on and so forth, yeah. But I mean, kelp is also, go ahead.
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry, go ahead, no, finish your thought.
1: I was just gonna say kelp is kind of like a sponge, so you have to be very careful about where it's grown. So that's something that you should always look at because you can get kelp, but if it's grown in like a nuclear wasteland, then you're not doing yourself any favors. So just make sure you're taking a good source from a good area. That's why the Atlantic is good, because the Atlantic Ocean is is a lot cleaner than most parts of the the sea. But always, like, when you're looking for any kind of kelp, sea moss, any of that stuff, it should be grown in a very, very clean, clean space.
0: Yeah, I always say, like, off the coast of Maine or Alaska or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay, so that was, like, a total side note, but um, I'm glad we touched on that. Okay, so... They changed the ingredients. So instead of using iodine and processing and using a off-white, more Mm -hmm. um, slowly processed bleach, or sorry, not bleach, um, flour, they switched it out to a cheaper,
1: more... It wasn't cheaper. It was just more... It wasn't iodine-based. It was bromide-based. And then they started adding bleach to help whiten the flour because as it also cut down on the aging time, because when you harvest wheat, you're, you're just, you know, that like white stuff in the middle, it's called endosperm. It's like this white powdery substance. That's basically what flour is. So, but it still has this like yellow kind of effect to it. So the longer you age the flour, the more white it becomes. So, and it also helps develop the gluten, like the glutinous um, texture of the flower. So in order to cut down on that time that it takes from harvest to like processing all that stuff, it cut it down significantly. So now you're not aging the flowers as much as you're supposed to because you're just adding bleach to it, which whitens it faster. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: So they're so, cutting the time that normally most cultures would use to to age it, to make it easier to digest.
0: Yeah. And that totally explains why everyone just started reacting to it. Just like right there.
1: Well, it's part of the reason. There's also more. So, um, I mean, bromide isn't as popular, but you can still, I mean – in a lot of commercial products especially, they're gonna use brominated white flour that has been bleached. So you're adding bromide, which is gonna displace the iodine in your system that your thyroid needs to function. It's also been shown to cause cancer in some studies. Um, and although bromide itself is not a banned food additive, it, um, the FDA still does discourage its use, but it's not technically banned in the US. It is banned in other countries though for that reason. So, um, yeah, so you can't, you, you can find unbrominated flour. Um, I've actually found some at Sprouts where it specifically says unbrominated. Um, and you can also buy flour from Italy and like European flour cause it is banned over there. So they don't add it. And also just make sure you're definitely buying unbleached flour because, the bleach is not helping your thyroid at all either like eating bleach in general of whether it's a safe or not it's it's just not something you want in your body
0: yeah um, i'm also like sitting here thinking like what is this doing to our gut microbes like yes uh, oh
1: my gosh yeah you're like sterilizing the inside of your body
0: yeah killing them all
1: um, so the bromate and the bleach were added to flour to, sh- to cut the process of aging. Um, but that's not all. <laughs> um, no. Then we have to go into the whole enriching process. So if you're familiar with how our food is made, any kind of um, processing as a whole, whether it's, I mean, with dairy, for example, um, we 'll use pasteurization as an example of this i 'm um, sure you talk to your to your clients about pasteurized food and how I always call it our dead food because you 're basically yeah. taking a whole food a whole perfectly whole food from nature yeah. and either adulterating it or you know blasting it with radiation or you know, pasteurizing it, which kills pretty much all the nutrients, and then you're enriching it, which is basically re adding the minerals that were lost because of processing. So, but, for, but, bonus, but. <laughs> they're
0: synthetic minerals. Yes, which... thank
1: you very much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was getting there. Yeah. Yes,
1: they're not, not only are they synthetic nutrients as a whole, they're not adding all of them back in, they're only adding like four or five they're synthetic, very cheaply made. But then on top of that, they're also not absorbable because they're not its true form. So for example, when you have an orange, you're getting vitamin C and a vitamin C complex. But when you're adding ascorbic acid, that's not the same thing. Like you're, they call it vitamin C, but it's not vitamin C. It's ascorbic acid. Very different, does different things in the body. Not the same effect, not, no bioflavonoids. It's it's all fake or not absorbed or if it is absorbed it causes like insane inflammation in the body which is another issue when it comes to thyroid patients as a whole um
0: and as i'm like envisioning all of this you know this poor already adultered food even being franken food more to the max i've read a lot of things of how you know because we import a lot of our food um of how during the importation process alone they also radiate the food that's yes. coming through border checks just mm-hmm. to keep it you know decam contaminate or whatnot and then i'm also sitting here thinking oh and then on top of all of that they might get it you know bring it home from the grocery store and it's already had all that done to it and then they might put it in the microwave <laughs> you know to eat yes. it after that and you're just like oh no just
1: yes Um, so and you're exactly right they they pretty much put it under a whole in this whole thing of radiation so it kind of like zaps them radiates them which can cause all kinds of DNA damage to the food. And then you eat that and then you get those. And it's not even like, okay, sure. You're like, sure. Like how big of a deal is it? You get like a tiny little bit of, but it's, it's those micro doses that are actually worse. Like if you think about um, antibiotics as a whole, antibiotics are, they serve a purpose. Like there, there's a time and a place that we need to have antibiotics. I mean, they, they changed, the course of medicine to be honest like without the discovery of antibiotics allopathic medicine wouldn't really exist and that's really what kind of separated allopathic from traditional medicine was that discovery and so yes antibiotics can be very helpful but i would rather have one course of antibiotics that were pretty strong when i needed it versus small micro doses over time and that's why yes, it's not a lot of radiation at once, but it's small, tiny increments that build up in your system over time that is actually more dangerous than if you were to just get an x-ray or do something else, you know? The x-rays are not the problem. You're not getting it all the time, but you're getting those small, small micro doses of radiation from your food, from microwaves, from whatever it is, from your phone, from the earbuds that you use that are microwaving your brain. like all of these things add up over time. It's not just, um, it's not, it's something that you want to pay attention to. Like it's not something that you want to take lightly. Yes. It's just small, tiny amounts, but it will, it will cause damage to your system eventually, especially your DNA, which is important. Yeah.
0: It's sort of important.
1: (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um. So when it comes to nutrients, when it, um, for wheat, um, the nutrients, most of the nutrients are in the bran and the germ, um, which are stripped away during the processing to make flour. And then we end up eating, even if we do end up eating the germ and the endosperm, or sorry, the germ and the bran, which is where all the nutrients are in the wheat, because it is a plant it still has those oxalates so it's still not really the most absorbable nutrients at all like you cannot really prepare any grain in an untraditional method that takes a long processing time without it having some kind of damage to your body because or it's going to have they're called anti-nutrients that help strip the minerals and vitamins from your body because that's what they're meant to do. They're like little magnets. So you have to, I'm stressing this so much. Is that if you do eat grains, which is totally fine if you do, it has to be prepared correctly. So we haven't been doing that for a long time. We've already talked about how we pretty much cut the aging process of making the flour drastically, added a bunch of bromide, which affects your your iodine, and also... Um, bleach which destroys everything (laughs) so and now we have this raw product that we just make flour out of which doesn't make any sense so again in other European countries traditionally they have always fermented any kind of dough to help break down those oxalates and basically pre-digest it and also um prevents the anti-nutrients from being able to have that pulling effect in your body and makes it more absorbable. So if you want to compare our bodies to cows, for example, cows, when they eat, they're eating grains, they're regurgitating those <laughs> those grains, they're eating them again, and then they have four stomachs to break down all of the fibers from the grains because they're obviously eating them raw. We can't do that because we don't have four stomachs and we're not going to regurgitate our food and then eat it again because that's disgusting (laughs) (laughs) so um we we just don't have that capability so we have to pre-digest it by fermentating it fermenting it fermentating i love that word by (laughs) fermenting it so what that does is it helps to break down all the oxalates, all the anti-nutrients, all the fibers, all the stuff that is really hard for us to digest and also activates the nutrients in it. It makes it more bioavailable so that when we do eat it, it's, it's, we're actually going to absorb the nutrition from it. Um, so
0: I have a visual for that. Mm-hmm. So yes. like we've been saying this whole time, as, as you're talking about the, the germ and the bran and, and, um, digestion and everything, um, I have this analogy of our gut bacteria are minions. Imagine them as minions.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, I do all the time.
0: <laughs> you're right. And yes, so when, so it's like, imagine your minions when you're eating one of these chunks of bread that we call bread that are not really bread anymore. It's just, you know, stuff that hurts you at this point. And you eat it and it goes in and the minions are just like, Muh! and they're just like, ah! and they don't know what to do. And they start fighting and they're like, what do we do with this bread? And it's just kind of this problem. And that's why you're getting like the inflammation, the bloating, the, the gas, the stomach aches and the brain fog and like all these things, right? Versus like, if you were to get, a sprouted sprouted piece of bread that was properly grown processed and that goes in and your minions look at it and they're like yay and like they're you know gonna break it down and chunk it into pieces and then like push it Mm -hmm. through your intestines and everyone has a happy party is that a pretty good (laughs) visual
1: yes yes they're I always think of them as minions too. I actually think of them as just like your garden as a whole too. Like the microbes in your garden are the microbes in your gut. And they all play a huge role in everything. It, it's literally, that's why they literally call it your garden of life. It's literally your gut bacteria, which is just all these little bacterium that create who you are, your personality, your likes, your interests. Everything about who you are is because of your gut health. That's why if you're a depressed, salty little bitch, you should work on your gut health because it will literally help you change your life. If you're a happy, happy person, it's probably because you have great gut health and amazing digestion. And we all deserve that. But it's, it always goes back to, it always goes back to what we're eating and how our gut integrity is. And, and it's not gluten that is the problem with, with this. We, we, so if, like going back to the beginning, we're looking at all of these, like every single step of the wheat process. So we have this wheat plant that we genetically modified, which is very different, very different than crossbreeding. And so many people get that mixed up. Crossbreeding is very different than a genetic modification. They can crossbreed different plants to make new types of wheat. And that's like, they've done that for a long time to help with biodiversity and that's fine. That's different than taking the DNA of a fish and injecting it into a wheat plant. That's like taking a cat and a dog and making a whole new species of something that is clearly not going to be fertile (laughs) because it's not natural. (laughs) And so you're, you're you have this like random genetic modification of something that's creepy and disgusting and and not normal Mm -hmm. and then it's it's done this so that it can withstand heavy dousing of pesticides multiple times over its growth cycle it's harvest Mm -hmm.
0: sorry and thank you for pointing that out about the difference between crossbreeding and genetically engineered because i've I've literally seen people trying to use the crossbreeding as their debate platform for like genetically modified is fine. Nice. And I'm like, yes. what? like, This is not, not. same. Like it's a freaking Franken food. And so they, and from what I've learned is they actually literally build from in the lab. They, they put the Roundup street into the seed that they actually build before they package the seed and give it to the farmer and then continue to douse it with more pesticides and herbicides.
1: Yes, yes, essentially. It's, it's like the people that use crossbreeding and genetic modification are so wrong and they're trying to make it seem like they've been doing it for years. Genetic modification has only been around for like maybe 30 years-ish, mm-hmm. not very long, Not not very long. But of course, you can genetically modify with crossbreeding, but you're doing it in a natural way. You're not doing it in a in a lab. <laughs> you're doing it yeah. IRL in real life. You're doing it in real life. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like the way taking, we always have.
0: Yeah, it's like you're literally taking pieces of a plant and combining them versus like, here's a syringe and yes. here's, you know, like I'm going to put it in an incubator. Yeah.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. So we take all these, we take the sweet, we genetically modify it in a lab. We douse it with pesticides multiple times. We harvest it. We process it, take out all of the artificial nutri- or we take out all the natural nutrients, re-add some artificial ones, add bleach and bromide. We skip the fermentation and then we blame gluten as to why we're sick. Can You're you like... Best. Can we just, like, think about this whole process for a second? And and just, like, let's just use some common sense. Like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. I just, I, like, let's, it's just, like, critical thinking skills here. <laughs> it's not gluten that makes us sick. And I feel like gluten is, is blamed because it's easier to be, like, oh, yeah, it's just gluten. We'll just use it as a scapegoat and blame a protein and wheat, as opposed to all this other shit that we allow in our food system.
0: And, this and is then why people tell us that
1: why we're crazy <laughs> for the people that question it.
0: <laughs> and then, okay, so that's the typical narcissist approach to the corrupt mm-hmm. systems to be, it's like, they always want to blame it back on you and say, you have freaking faulty genes or whatnot. But I mean, yes. it's like with that entire breakdown, you just said, it's like, and then you wonder why people's bodies are just, like, freaking out to this, and they get sick, and they have all these symptoms. And, you know, it's like, since you've been saying all this, I've been having flashbacks to my childhood, because, you know, my mom was, like, an abnormal, uber-healthy person from the get-go. Like, remember how I told you we ate our freaking Cheerios with orange juice and never milk? So... I, I remember she had this monstrosity of a bread maker. It took up like our entire house. Like, counter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she would make fresh bread. And I remember as a little girl, she would have the seeds and they're always really hard. And I would play with them kind of like, you know, rice. And um, she would dump these seeds, these wheat seeds into the top and it would grind them. Um, and it would smell wow. so good. It smells and so then good. This like beautiful <laughs> off-white, kind of like brown speckled flour would come out, and then I would see her like kneading it on the counter, and then she would make these gorgeous loaves. So I grew up eating so much fresh bread with like butter and honey on it. Never once reacted. It was the most heavenly, divine thing on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And then fast forward when I hit thirty-two, and all of a sudden it was like. Holy freaking crap. You know, it's like, I I ate this sandwich and now I have 10 symptoms connected to it. Like, yeah, there's such a big difference. So I love that you're, you're saying that it's, you know, gluten is being blamed. Like, but really, not- it
1: couldn't possibly be anything else. There's yeah. no step in that entire process that it could possibly be the reason why. Mm-hmm. There's no reason that bromide couldn't possibly be the the issue, or or the genetic modification couldn't be the issue, or maybe just skipping the process of aging the flower isn't the issue. Like maybe, like maybe skipping the fermentation. I just feel like if, if it was truly, truly, truly gluten, that was the problem, then you would not be able to go to a European country and eat the bread there. They have just as much gluten in their bread yep. and they still make it the old traditional way and nobody reacts to the bread over there. But over here, it's a, it's a problem, but it's not, it's, it's gluten. It's for sure gluten. Don't you ever ever ask any questions it's like you guys i don't know i'm not it's really hard to not be a conspiracy theorist in this industry yes <laughs> I swear to God. but yep. i just like if you are not allowed to ask questions about what's going on and and just see you know, how our system is set up and how these people make so much money off of us. And of course, the first thing that they try to do is, oh, it's your thyroid, you're faulty. Let's just take your thyroid out and then make you a patient for the rest of your life. They make so much money on thyroid patients because the second you take your thyroid out, you're literally susceptible to all kinds of, all kinds of issues yes all kinds like (laughs) metabolism weight gain um antidepressants like it's just um, a cash cow why would they not want to take your thyroid out yeah and of course they're going to expect to do it it's it's disgusting but this entire process needs to be talked about more often because it's it's just not and i'm really really tired of seeing all these stupid health coaches Excuse my language. I I like health coaches. I think they're doing a great job of what they're doing. But I'm really tired of people telling telling us that we just have to cut these foods out of our diet. Oh, we just cut it out. Just cut it out. Oh, you're allergic to that? Just cut it out. What do we eat? (laughs) Like, for real, you cannot just keep cutting food out of your system all the time. You have to figure out why you're reacting to these things. Why are we sick? Why... I can't just keep cutting gluten out and then cut this out and cut that out. And I talk to so many people, as you, as you do too. Is at what point do you just give up because you can't eat anything because it's all toxic for you, all of it? And of course, you don't want to like you don't want to fear food, but if you react to everything that you're eating it's not fair. You can't just keep cutting out. We have to have a conversation about what is going on in our food system so that we can actually start feeling better and start putting the pressure on the right places instead of just, oh, we'll just cut gluten out. It's not the gluten. Let's talk about the things that actually are happening in our food system.
0: And this is why we're just
1: going to keep, this whole thing is just going to keep happening.
0: Yeah. And this is why you and me, we need to have... Whoever wants to volunteer their time to help us make some documentaries, please DM us.
1: <laughs> um, oh so, yeah, I just, no. I just, I just so fired up! I just it just des- I just despise the people that keep telling me to cut things out. It was one of the reasons why I just stopped trusting the entire industry for a while because it was like we can't. This is not sustainable. It's not sustainable. We have to talk about things that you know our preparation of our food that we don't do anymore. Like. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you genetically modify it and all that other stuff, maybe if we just prepare it correctly, maybe that will help significantly in the way that we digest it. Like maybe just fermenting things again will be helpful. Maybe we can still survive with genetically modifying and, and whatever it is, but we need to figure out a way to like not be destroyed by all these terrible things in our food supply. So those
0: women that are, that do significantly react to eating, you know, regular bread or regular noodles or re- pizza, you know, any sort of a dough based product that has all of this stuff in it. Um, what, you know, if they don't cut it out, then they feel like crap, you know, so, so what do we do for the meantime? For the meantime, yes, I agree with you. It's like, we need to fix this shit like now because this isn't cool and they're just like destroying everyone but in the meantime it's like we don't really have a choice but to you know to replace especially if you're reacting right like think about that mm-hmm. like i think about the women with severe celiac they get sick as fuck if they even look Yeah.
1: Yeah. And celiac is very different too. Like I'm talking, I mean, celiac, you literally cannot eat gluten. It will destroy you. Yeah. It's not obviously worth it um, because it is the gluten that is causing the issue. But you kind of have to wonder how celiac just kind of blew up yeah. the last couple of two. Like, yeah. I mean, nobody has celiac disease like 20 years ago now like the entire world and their dog has it so Mm -hmm. again we have to ask the right questions and start asking you know what was your diet like and lifestyle like before that is it stress related what other factors are involved here and i'm not obviously a doctor so i'm not going to sit here and say like yeah just eat gluten it's fine i'm like listen to your body Um, but i'm talking more so about the people that are told that they won't get well if they don't cut out gluten and it's not the gluten And I don't care how many studies are done, like on on gluten specifically, I think that they're missing a huge part of the entire conversation. Um, But the people that just avoid it, yeah, they might feel better, but are they feeling better because they're avoiding gluten? Are they feeling better because they're avoiding the entire process of us not making and preparing everything correctly? because if they can still go to italy and eat the flour and eat the bread and eat the whatever it's not gluten
0: yeah it's something else yeah so i mean all you hear about italy is they live on freaking pizza and noodles it's like and bread bread cookies Mm -hmm. you know it's just like their whole life revolves around wheat you know and they're fine so okay so let's talk about if it's not the gluten and if they want to keep gluten in their life or bring it back in, what's the best way to go about preparing it or like maybe some products, like, do you have any maybe products or brands in mind that could be helpful or.
1: So I don't really, I don't think, I don't really necessarily tell people to give up gluten unless they absolutely feel so much better when they don't eat it. Um, but I don't think it's necessary because a lot of the stuff that's gluten free is just not healthy anyways. Like the gluten free products are pretty much like four times worse than the regular bread. Um, I think just giving up commercial flours and commercial like breads and, and so on and so forth, things that, you know, like don't eat wonder bread, obviously, but like, you know, go to a local bakery and get a sourdough bread if you want to eat it. Um, if you can, or you have the time to make your own bread, you can do that. Um, I would highly recommend fermenting it into a sourdough first to make it easier to absorb. Um, there's also like, you can get sourdough breadcrumbs, you can get sourdough pretty much everything these days, which is really great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get sourdough breadcrumbs, you can get sourdough rolls, you can or like taco shells or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really awesome yeah um, I actually seen,
0: found a, like, sorry i was gonna say i found a bakery after i moved here in salt lake city that makes amazing sourdough starters and they they started yes. a bakery because they both got so sick with celiac because mm-hmm. of yeah. this and they sell their starters like a starter kit for like 40 bucks and once you buy one starter kit you can keep using that over, right, and, over right? and over it's incredible
1: yeah.
0: so yeah, yeah I- you're
1: just running flour to it and <laughs> you have an endless supply of bread, and then you can give it away, you can freeze them, you can do whatever. And it tastes so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, using, like, not using bleached flour is ideal. Using organic flour, um, unenriched flour is helpful, because that can, have, they. I know they add iron to a lot of um, flour, so the iron that they're adding is like an iron oxide, and iron oxide is very inflammatory, It just sits in your gut and rusts which isn't fun (laughs) so can also feed your parasites and anything else you have going on in your gut so you don't want that so just kind of being a conscious consumer and like getting organic as often as possible getting it from a local bakery making sure it's sourdough um and obviously not overdoing it i think bread is delicious (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um, we don't need to eat it every day i feel like a lot of people you know, it's all about balance. Like I'm not saying give up gluten and give up dairy and give up all these things, but it's just a matter of eating it, preparing it correctly that will help. But I don't believe that you have to give up gluten. Otherwise you're not going to heal. And I, I just, I get so frustrated with coaches that teach that because I feel like if you're anything like me and you have any kind of perfectionism in you at all, where you're like, man, I really want to give up gluten, but I I just can't do it. I I love bread so much for the same reason that you do, because my grandma used to make it fresh every single day. So the idea of giving it up is very hard. And I feel like if if somebody told me I'm not going to heal if I don't give it up, that's not fair at all. It's not fair, and it's not even true. I don't believe for a second that you will not heal. I think it's just a matter of rebuilding your gut integrity And you can still do that while eating bread. You don't have to give it up. You just have to eat the right types of bread and making sure you're getting the right flours and avoiding the stuff that is genetically modified and the stuff that has like all these additives and everything else that we don't need in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Because when you get rid of all of that shit, then you can add like your humic acid, your fulvic acid, your aloe vera, all these things that help rebuild the stomach and help soothe the stomach so that you can heal from your issues and you can still do it while eating gluten i do not give a shit what anyone says come after me if you want i literally do not care we can heal and still eat flour yeah from a good of course
0: yeah yeah absolutely i mean if you really look at the the underlying causes of why everyone's sick it's like gluten is a very small factor in that you know, it goes in, it's it's much deeper than just gluten anyways. So I definitely agree with that. And um, I love that you talked about healing your stomach because, you know, my story, like a lot of the reason why I was reacting to so many things was because my stomach was out of balance and my minerals and it was just like my actual stomach wasn't working properly. And mm-hmm. once I just started fixing that, like realized that. Through the hair tissue mineral analysis with you, and then started repairing it was like, oh wow, I can eat again. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that also is a lot of the misunderstanding with with people's intolerances mm-hmm. that I point out all the time. It's like, are you really intolerant? Are you just lacking certain things, and you just need to, like you said, rebuild your 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 body. Mm -hmm. so that that's that is a conversation that i also find highly important within this as well
1: yes i think it's also like you there might be a moment like a couple months or whatever two or three months where you might want to avoid it just just to kind of give your gut a break um and then kind of rebuild a little bit and then you can you can reintroduce it just like any kind of Any kind of diet where you're doing an elimination diet, you're you're supposed to re-add them just to see how you're reacting to it. And, of course, everyone is so different. That's why, I mean, this is not a one-size-fits-all approach. If this doesn't apply to you because you're celiac or you genuinely have a really bad time with gluten, that's realistic and and invalid and you should definitely avoid it if you don't feel good on it. But the vast majority of people that are doing it are not doing it because of health reasons really, or they think they are, but it's not actually helping them. It's not truly the problem.
0: Yeah. And that's why I will forever harp on my food and symptom tracking system because it's like, People, you know, a lot of times people don't know really, they don't know what they're reacting to. They just are like, I know something's Mm -hmm. happening. And it's like, well, let's, like you said, let's try to figure out what it's from, you know? So it's like, just, just a one week journal, one week journal of I ate this and this occurred. That is the most empowering thing you will ever find. And I've had a lot of women, where it's the dairy, it's not the gluten, and they thought it was the gluten, or it's yeah. like they like you said, or it was they're living on super highly processed foods, and when they just simply mm-hmm. recognize that they need to eat more fruits or vegetables or salads instead, they start feeling better, mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. there's yeah, like you said, it's not a one size fits all approach, and that's why like tracking your own body for just seven days will will change your life,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's very true, which is actually r- really easy to do. You don't even have to work with a coach for that, but it's just being conscious about what you're feeling, especially after how you're eating. Um, and s- especially giving yourself a break in between too, like give yourself a couple of weeks where you're just eating a very basic diet. Um, but honestly, like rebuilding the gut isn't too difficult to do. It does take time and consistency and like love. And that's, the hardest part for a lot of people also stress plays a huge role which is really difficult especially you know especially in this society today everything is so expensive and i feel like a lot of people are under a lot of stress and so that doesn't help with gut either so there's so many things that are involved with healing the gut but it's not hard to do it's just it's just consistency you know yeah but paying attention to how you feel is a huge part of that oh my gosh
0: huge and I cannot even tell you how many women are so out of touch with themselves and that's a big part Mm -hmm. of the symptoms and the illness is they don't even know who they are and like just two days ago um I did a we uh, I did like a like an end of our time together video testimonial with one of my clients and I asked you know just in the basic questions of like what did you get from this program with me and she's like I feel like I know who I am and I feel like I'm in touch with myself. And it's like,
1: that's so awesome. That's like, like the priceless. best part. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's priceless, you know?
1: That's so truly magical for sure. Especially yeah. for, especially for like, I feel like it's so important for women to be, because we're so intuitive naturally. And if we're not in touch with ourselves, then we miss a lot of those. You know, or we second guess ourselves when we know, like we know the truth. We can feel it. We're such magical things, and when we're not feeling well, we're not able to really have that connection. We're not, really, yeah. We're and not just with our connection to ourselves, but other people too. We just kind of become zombies of who we were almost, and we lose our spark and our fire and our our shine and all the things that we want to do, and that's not women deserve so much better. And I mean that in a very feminist kind of way too. Like we, we truly are such important. Our role in this earth is very important. And when we're not feeling well, the entire balance of the earth goes just not okay. We need to feel good so that we can, you know, live our role and do our, do the things that we need to do to make the world a better place.
0: 100%. I love that. I, I think we both agree that women are the foundation of everything. We are the foundation of our families, of our towns, our cities, um, the world, really. And um, yeah, we got to have this conversation more and try to get something something done um about the food processing and all of these toxic ingredients and just this toxic whole situation that's um just making everyone sick or not feel good or you know everything and depleting our nutrients and pushing our good minerals out and ugh, just everything you said it's just so question it just popped in my head you know the new regenerative farming do you think yes. do you think that yes. maybe they're going to be a part of the answer
1: Oh my God. Yes. Regenerative agriculture is like the only way it's, it's honestly, in my opinion, the only way forward. Um, and I felt like that for a long time. Cause it's not, when they say regenerative agriculture, what they really mean is traditional <laughs> agriculture yes. of how we used to do it. That's how we used to farm. They used to have cover crops where, you know, you give the soil time to just chill <laughs> and, yep. and grow some flowers and just like rest, just like we're supposed to And then, you know, you're not replanting everything in the same, you're not monocropping, you're not, like, when you create um, a regenerative farm, you're letting the ecosystem of the entire world work synergistically together, and then you reap the benefits of all the nutrients from that soil, from the food, and so on. I truly believe that regenerative agriculture is going to be the only way that we will ever survive as a species if if we don't do it. I don't think humanity is going to live very much longer, but it makes me very happy to see that so many people have been like, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. Regenerative farming is, I mean, the best part is though, it's, it's, it's expensive to get running, but once it is running, the farmers make so much money. And if you're a farmer, as far as I'm concerned, you deserve more money than the presidency because you're feeding the world. And, And not only that, but you're create like the the amount of food that you get, the the amount of crops that you get from that is so much more than any kind of genetically modified crap. Um, Farmers are not in this constant debt cycle because they don't have to buy pesticides and seeds every year. They can save their seeds. They can it it creates like true freedom in farming. And I like Gaia's farm does it, Herb Farm does it. There's a lot of there's a lot of farms that are starting to switch over. Um we actually just had this thing at work um by a brand called True Grace and they have they have also done a lot with regenerative agriculture and they have a new like seal where they're putting like a, a like a stamp, almost like a USDA stamp that says regenerative. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me so happy to see that there are people that genuinely are trying to get there because we don't have a lot of time left in terms of not, of course, in like a fear mongering way, but like our We don't have a lot of like harvests left if we're not careful. Our food is so depleted in nutrients and our soil is so dead that if we don't do something about it, we will starve to death. It's not like what we're doing now is not sustainable. I don't even care if it's organic. You cannot monocrop. This is how we have farmed for so long. It's how the Native Americans farmed. It's how they knew how to do it. it. It's literally their method of farming that is what we kind of need to do. Yeah. These, these people are very, very wise. Like we need to listen to them.
0: Yeah. And I didn't take that as fear mongering at all because you're right. Like if we don't do something, we, we already are a nation of absolutely malnourished people. And that is mm-hmm. one of the main factors of why everyone is also getting sick. And mm-hmm. so just, just like you said, with uh, taking it back you know back back to the old school shit you know and and let the soil regenerate and you know let the natural minerals come come back into the soil and then replant i mean shit mm-hmm. it even talks about this this the soil cycle in the um freaking bible holy shit i've never had this done for me but i'm getting censored and instagram just told me we have one minute and 45 seconds left of talking
1: no we only have an hour it does oh, that what uh,
0: they have a new yeah
1: tournament? lives. Can only do a live hour but we can do part two some other time or we can do it right now free <laughs> whatever you want
0: we've done 90 <laughs> minute lives in the past though and that i never think happened it's... yeah this has never happened to me
1: <laughs> we can just do part two it's cool you instagram
0: (laughs) all right yeah well thank you for like you're always such a breath of fresh air just i just absolutely love you and thank you for bringing your bombs your if you guys just joined or if you didn't hear this you have to go to the beginning and listen to this Jessica just broke it down on everything you have never heard before of why we're all reacting to gluten for real and how gluten is like not really the issue. Trust me, rewind it and listen. So I love you, Jess. Do you want to let everyone know where they can hook up with you?
1: uh, Probably just my website. (laughs) I guess that's the best way right now. Uh, JMSwellness.com
0: jmswellness.com. And I'll tag her out in the post when I um, post this, you guys, she's at JMS wellness on Instagram as well. All right. I love you. Have a good rest of your day. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay,
1: thanks. bye.
0: I mean, wow, wasn't that episode so good, you guys. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you haven't already, please go and subscribe. This way you can leave me your thoughts about this episode in the comment section or what your favorite takeaway was. And guess what? If you're using the Spotify app, you can send me a voice message too. That would seriously make my day. If you'd like to see this episode live, you can catch the replay on my YouTube page, which is Coach Show Joy. And if you haven't already come hang out with me on Instagram. You can see all my latest stories, program drops, and educational reels. My IG handle is at coach.sarah.joy. But wait, before you go, I want to invite any women who are battling a thyroid condition to join me in an episode to share your thyroid journey. After all, this podcast is for us to share your unique thyroid stories with each other in order to combat the feelings of isolation, anxiety, and loneliness that we all experience with thyroid illnesses. So if you're feeling called, please DM me on Instagram or email me at coachsarahjoy1 at gmail.com. And I will also post that in the show notes below. Thanks again, you guys. And I'm sending you all so much healing, love, and light. Take care.